boys and girls all over the world tune that dial in to the show where the hosts put what they hate most on a wheel and give a spin because it's movie night and the time is right to kick back and let go if you're in the mix and you like good flicks then you came to the wrong show it's the weekly watch wheel it's the weekly watch wheel with matt jimmy and shanley what up yo 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 my name is matt you're tuning into the weekly watch wheel where we'll watch watch a movie movie. like i said my name is matt i'm here with jimmy jimmy how the heck are you man so okay man so okay yeah it's right in the middle a good 53 percent i wish uh, where where would you say you are then? I'd say I'm operating at like uh, 40, 45% today. How does that compare to other I took days? A, I took an 8 p.m. nap. Oh, one of those, yeah. So, doing great. I took about a 6.30 p.m. nap. That's cool. How about you, Shanley? When did you nap? I took a nap at, what, 8, 9? Nice. Well, probably a little, I'd assume around the same time I did. Guys. No way of knowing. I feel like we're bonding as roommates. <laughs> yeah. We all napped in different rooms. <laughs> we <Yeah>. did. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, the couch nap was dope. Yeah. Good. I I did a thing where I napped on top of my covers, but tucked my feet underneath my throw blanket. It's what I call, I really don't want to refix my bed. <laughs> That's the position that I got. You know, some nights... I will be freezing all night long because I refuse to want to fix my bed in the morning. Yeah, or you could just not fix your bed in the morning. You're okay, an adult. Last You're time last time I didn't fix my bed. The last time I didn't fix my bed, somebody threw up in my bed and got all of the linens covered in vomit because they weren't fixed. If my bed was fixed, there would have been vomit just on the comforter. Just on the top. But because my blankets were all rustled up, it, it got in everything. Oh, there was Russell Madness in there. I wish. It, it was a good Russell tussle. I will say that. <laughs> did I step on your joke, Shanley? No, you got it. But, I mean, I took it from you. You did, but it's okay. I'm I'll sorry. forgive you. Well, you're my better half, so I, I think I just channeled the joke from you. Hmm. You manifested it. Mm-hmm. I manifested it, indeed. Are you sure you didn't manifest it? It was pretty feminine of you, Jim. Thank you. That's what I was going for. Yeah, you have this feminine allure. Yep. Well, uh, if it's your first time listening in, I, I realize that we don't re-explain what we do on every episode, and that's probably fine, but now is probably a good time to refresh. Every week, the three of us... I definitely need to refresh after that nap. I got that... Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. You got that stink on you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Where was I? Uh, Who knows? Every week... Let's just move on. (laughs) Every week, one of the three of us will spin a wheel that is covered in the worst categories for choosing a movie on movie night, and then we watch that movie, and we record a spoilery episode where we review that movie. Now, the last person to spin was... Good old baby Matt. That's my new nickname, by the way. I would appreciate it if you guys would call me that from now on. Good old baby Matt. I've written it on all my groceries in the refrigerator, so it's clear that I'm good old baby Matt. Good old baby Matt spun and got 
Nicolas Cage filmography. Now each of us have got Nicolas Cage's filmography. Who was the first one to get it? Shmi. Shmi? Shmi Skywalker? Shmi Skywalker got it first. No one knows where from. It yeah. was immaculate. There, <laughs> there was no spinner. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that happened. And then who else? Who in this apartment was the first to spin it? I think it was me. It was definitely Jimmy. Okay. Because I got it and we watched the best movie of the podcast. That's debatable. Is it though? Is it though? Uh, my rankings do not <clears throat> reflect that. Okay. Your rankings might be which movie you would want to watch more than the best movie we've done, but it's still the best movie we've done. And what, and what was that? That was Ghost Rider. Word. Did you watch the Ghost Rider show? Because I've brought it up multiple times on this podcast, and I feel like I'm alone on this. The cartoon? It wasn't a cartoon. It was Ghost Rider, and it was about kids. They're the Ghost Rider Club. They check out clues and solve mysteries. What the hell are you talking He's about? He's a ghost, and he writes to us. Ghost writer. That sounds real dumb. I watched Danny Phantom. Is it close to that? No, because this was edutainment. Because they solved mysteries by being able to read. It was amazing. We sounds gotta watch terrible. this someday. No, we don't. Yeah. No. And you know what? They rebooted it. I think there's a new version of it on Apple TV. Oh, did they make a movie? Yeah, starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, cool. Yeah, then I love it. I'm a big fan. Okay. Well, great. And then, Shanley, you were the next person to to spin Nicolas Cage filmography. Yes, I was, and I chose the sequel, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. There's an asterisk on that. Do you remember what you were going to pick before I told you that we had the option of watching Ghost Rider the Spirit of Vengeance? Oh, shoot. Because you had a choice, and then I pointed out that... You said you didn't pick Spirit of Vengeance because you couldn't find it streaming anywhere. That's it was Israelite Jitsu. I don't was it Jujitsu? I don't know if you were gonna pick Jujitsu. That's what I thought, but I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure that mm. that's what it was. I remember well, strongly considering it. I can't remember what my like runner like I guess my choice mm-hmm. when I thought um Spirit of Vengeance was not a possibility was. But then, but then we did end up watching Spirit of Vengeance. Yes. Yeah, and, and I rue that day. We watched it. I think the last night it was available on streaming. Oh no, no, no! We got it. We subscribed to uh, a free seven-day trial on Stars. That's how we got it. But sounds about right. Now it's streaming on HBO Max, mm. so we could finally do that Ghostathon that we were wanting to do. I'm really jazzed about that. We watched the first Ghost Rider, and then we watch. All of the show, Ghost and Rider. then we watch Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Have you, you know, there's a Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield, but it's not the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. Yeah, it's a a, uh, a Latino, I, a Chicano man, right? I think his name is Tony Reyes. That doesn't sound right. I think it's Reyes something. But yeah, so maybe you be into that. Maybe you should check that out. Maybe I be into that. Yeah, but then it was. You remember my nickname? Uncle Baby Big Beard. <laughs> yeah. That's your nickname. Oh, that is my nickname. <laughs> when it, no. Big Baby Matt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am. I am Uncle I, Baby Big Beard. No, no, no. You are changing the your baby Matt? Good old Baby Matt. <laughs> okay. Then it was good old Baby Matt's turn. Oh, didn't we just come up with a name for Shanley? What? When did I get one? You weren't here. We were, we oh. were deciding. 
I don't remember that. I think we did. I think like a day or two ago, we were like, well, that's a new nickname. I mm. remember this happening. Okay. I don't remember what it was. No one I, else? I wasn't here a couple days ago. Maybe you were... Apparently, I wasn't here either. You weren't Jimmy. here a couple days ago? Yeah, a few days ago, I was camping. You've been here since Sunday. It's yeah. Wednesday. That's fair. I'll give you that. I don't remember what nickname we came up with. We did, though. Uh, we changed her account name on Disney Plus to Shanleficent. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Did you notice that, by the way, Shanley? I did. It is and the also, way... I don't think we changed it. I think we made one. Yeah. That's what you did. Uh, yeah. Okay, fair. It is the way of the Shanley to notice something and then never not comment. Acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've spent months waiting to have jokes pay off. And she's like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, I saw yeah, it. Yeah, I saw I it. <laughs> <laughs> so, good old baby Matt spun Nicolas Cage filmography. And I chose Primal 2019, maybe written, definitely directed by Nicholas Powell, starring Nicolas Cage. Kevin Durand and Famke Jensen and come on guys just one word answers of how you feel about this experience having watched it anyone fine fine wow strong words strong opinion Shanley I don't think I could one word use one word one word it was strict rules one word I had to do it you think I liked that okay Exhilarated. Wow. Wow. That, that's really? so close to mine. Mine was going to be invigorating. Wow. This, you guys are terrible. <laughs> you guys are terrible people. We'll get to that. Hang tight, all right? Because I'm the one who spun it. I'm the one who chose it. It's my responsibility to tell the story. How are you doing today, Matt? Uncle Matt, baby? What is your name? Good old baby Matt. Good old, Good old baby. <laughs> Pilates Matt. Baby. Pilates Matt. That was That's it, my baby. favorite nickname. <laughs> Uh, I am I am fine. I had a late night nap, and that reset me for the day. See, the thing is, is we normally record these when we're really tired. <laughs> we normally get to the place where we're ready to record, and then we wait three hours and record then. <sighs> you are dying. Yeah. You're okay. in peak human health, Jimmy. <laughs> you can't even handle the sip of a ginger ale. <laughs> I coughed and burped at the same time in that. You are falling apart, <laughs> my friend. You take one day off of working out, and this is what happens. Oh, taking way more than one day off. <laughs> Sorry. What were we talking about? I have to give my... Oh, you asked me how I'm doing. Oh, yeah. And you said that we'd do this late. Oh, yeah. We normally do this late. We decide that, we're hey, we're ready to pod, and then we wait three hours, and then we record, and we're exhausted. Now we're well-rested, and I think that it's going to lose our edge. I think so too. I think that we thrive on that like exhaustion, barely conscious energy. I don't know, guys. I live there, so. Are you it's there right be now? A Shanley heavy episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see if I can give my summary Ooh, here. Sorry. Ooh, what? I just had a fun idea. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? I. Somebody finish it. It needs to be done. Shanley, you know it. No. You've listened to this song today. No way. That's not true. Yeah, I don't think that's true. You d- it was on the radio. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a... Shanley? Place on earth. Yeah! They say in heaven that love comes first. We'll make heaven a place on earth. 
Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Ding, 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 ding. Shanley, you're killing it. This is Shanley humming. When the night goes down, I wait for you, and you come on. How long are we going to do this? I'm glad that you interrupted, because that was the last lyric I knew. Um... You just interrupted me by saying, ooh, that's where we left off. Oh, yeah. I have an idea. I think that we should just start, like, grabbing neighbors in our apartment building and just being like, hey, can you come talk to us for the next two hours about this movie we watched? And then have that be how we introduce guests to the show. Mm. You know what would be really funny is if we held a weekly movie night and we invited anybody from our apartment to attend. And they don't know that this is how we're choosing movies. And they don't know <laughs> and they don't know that we only put the flyer on one door in the building every week. I guess you're the only one who showed up, I guess. <laughs> Alright, well, we're kicking on the Highlander to the quickening. Did you bring Ooh, the popcorn? Yay. We have to pretend that we all live in different units. We have to be like, we all don't know each other either. I'm Matt. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. I'm you can a... call me good old baby Matt. <laughs> I like this. We need to do that at least once. Yeah, I'm in. All right, summary time. I'm going to be so it concise. It would be cool to get like a projector and like have a movie night in the courtyard and then just be like, Hey everyone, we are your neighbors. We have a podcast. We're watching a bad movie. Come hang out with us. I think that we should do it. Shanley should host it. Shanley old. <laughs> this is Shanley's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> is the fan on? It is. <laughs> I can hear it in the mic. Yeah. Turn it off. I like it. Turn it off or you lose it. Now every episode we've listened to you and had the fan off. And just once, I think we should try it with the fan on. Why did you unplug it instead of turning it off? Because you paid attention to that assembly that we had in high school with that kid with the yellow sweatshirt. Yeah. You're supposed to unplug His all your electronics Scott. when you go outside. I used that as an excuse for a really long time to get extra days on essays. I would say, hey, um, I didn't want to print this out because I wanted to be earth conscious. So I'm emailing it to you. It works one time per teacher. Do you remember in high school that I got away with my dog ate my homework? I think I recently heard the story. <laughs> yeah, I got away with it. There's not much else to the story than that, but I got away with it. Well, I mean, a key part of it is that you don't have a dog. <laughs> well, so I told the teacher, I said, my dog ate my homework. Wait, wait, that's not entirely true. It was my cousin's dog and I got away with it. Which teacher was it? Well, if I tell you that, then you're gonna be like, that doesn't count. Say it. Mr. Daniel. Oh, yeah. Eh, it kind of counts. He wouldn't let me get away with that. <laughs> I had him he knows two you years. Too well. I had him two years, too. Yeah, so did Shanley. We are the sons of Daniel. We all had him the same two we years. We all had him. Sophomore <laughs> and senior. Yes. I think I was in class with Matt every year yeah i think you were it was sophomore year you're in matt's class and then you transferred into my class freshman sophomore junior and then i'm unsure about senior year senior year we were in the same class 
Really? Third period? I feel like we must have been because that was also the yeah, year. Yeah, no, that was the jailbait year. That was the jailbait year? <laughs> what? Yes. We did, a, we did a presentation of what you wanted to be when you grew up. And it was a PowerPoint presentation. And Jimmy made said teacher. And there was supposed to be a pros and cons slide. And Jimmy said, <laughs> pros, education, you're investing in the next generation, cons. And he changed it. And it was a picture of like <laughs> like a teenage girl, like in a really provocative pose. And it said jailbait on it. <laughs> and then he said, jailbait. See, the thing about jailbait is, and then Mr. Daniel interrupted you. He stopped you from talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, good. Wow. That's good. I, I like high school. Movie. You know, now that we're not high school students, that has a much darker tone to it. Yeah. I, I kind of... I understand why Daniel was not willing to let that continue. <laughs> but you got far enough to say, now the thing about jailbait is, <laughs> which made it funnier. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, summary on the movie. And then <laughs> you married me. I, there's too many stories I thought. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. And then I married that guy. <laughs> yep. Hmm. I don't right. want to say that I'm going to summarize Primal because you're going to interrupt me again. <laughs> you really well, will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I'm here for. Summarize Primal. Try to do it in an unbiased way. Just the facts, please. Okay. So the movie Primal starts out with Nicolas Cage in a hunter's blind in Brazil rainforest, I think is the caption. That it, it, it was rainforest, rainforest Brazil. Brazil. Okay. <laughs> And, Not the uh, Amazon. They couldn't get the rights. I think no. that was your joke during the movie. Oh, man, I'm hilarious. It was good stuff. I, but we were watching it on Amazon. <laughs> I know. That's the cruel irony. We were watching Primal on Amazon Prime, and it took place in the Amazon. Oh, barely. It was like... Uh, Jaguar. Maybe, and it, maybe there's another rainforest in Brazil. Yeah. Ted's. <laughs> <That'd be it. laughs> there's a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the rainforest cafe <laughs> yeah cafe was written in black text yep. so you couldn't see it because the backing was black it was yeah. rainforest cafe in brazil <laughs> honestly with nicholas cage's physique in this film oh that's more fitting okay so he's up there and he's <laughs> he's watching a, a trap and he is smoking a cigar and, and reading a real estate magazine. Not real estate no. magazine. It's just, real estate. It just says real estate. I said a real estate magazine. Oh, okay. It just says real estate. But then a white jaguar comes and trips his trap. He bucks the tree. Nicolas Cage falls out of the tree and uh, manually insults a tranquilizer into the jaguar. Did you say insults? In, did, did I say that? Ins- I meant Shanley wasn't inserts. listening, but... That's what I heard. I, I heard know. that too. Manually inserts. Dude, we are on the same page today. I'm liking this energy. Fucking last long. All right. <laughs> Maybe that's the key. You guys got to nap in separate rooms within 30 minutes of one another. Mm-hmm, and then you'll mm-hmm. be on the same page. Okay. So he manually inserts a tranquilizer in this Jaguar, and that's his main prize. So he takes this Jaguar along with a long caravan of uh animals that he's poached in the rainforest like a casey jr-esque caravan of animals 
Who's Casey Jr.? The circus train. I don't know what that is. Are you kidding me? Shanley, back me up here. In Disneyland, the train from the movie Bambi. What's from Bambi? Bambi. Dumbo. Dumbo. Sorry. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can thing. Okay, great. I thought I could. So he drives this over to the docks and he loads all his animals on on this ship called the Mimer. Something like that. The Mimer. The Mimer? Yep. Lemur. It's a beamer. Uh, He loads him on the memer, and when he's there, he sees that there's also a group of military police, U.S. Marshals. um, Military police? Are are they not military police? I don't know. Anyway. I'm learning stuff right now. They are also going on the memer, and they are transporting a, a wanted fugitive who they've captured who has a rap sheet including um, assassination of a senator and crimes against humanity. They are holding him in a chain link fence box inside of, uh, on the hull of the ship, and he's prone to seizures. Uh, Also somewhere else in the hull of the ship is uh, Nicolas Cage's menagerie of rare animals. He goes down there periodically to feed them bananas. Kevin Durand, who is this convict, fakes a seizure, breaks out and then frees all the animals and so the rest of the movie is the civilians the military the poacher and the animals scurrying to and fro the ship trying to capture kevin durand's convict character Loffler. and that is the movie primal how was that summary it was fine i guess I did i get know. caught up in any weeds no, I think that yeah. was pretty straightforward. <clears throat> Good old baby Matt, huh? Sure, yeah. Give me a tiny high five, a baby high five. Nice. You know how babies have like that little ring around the wrists? They have like a pudge between the wrists. I can't and think about a baby hand anymore without crease. thinking of Deadpool's tiny hand. <laughs> okay. Hmm. You take my little hand. Anyway. Remember when he has his hand yep. missing? and. So what what did you guys think of this movie? And it was um like a bad version of Con Air. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it was inspired by Con Air. Yeah, it was a bad Con Air. And, you know, it was fine. Uh, uh, yeah, that's about it. Shanley, you said that it was exhilarating. Why? Why is that? I mean, okay. So let's be clear. This was not a good movie. <laughs> No, it was not. There are so many times that we like looked at each other and was like, wait, why? How does that make sense? But for all of the logical inconsistencies, it was very fun to watch. Sure was. I feel like this is the first movie that we've seen for our weekly movie night that we paused it, saw there were only like 10 minutes left, and we were all like, oh, man, really? That's it? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Jimmy... It, within, I think, less than a minute of the movie, he paused it and said, this is stupid, because <laughs> Nicolas Cage was smoking a cigar while trying to hunt. For... <clears throat> yes, that's correct. But I don't think we paused it to look at timing again until there was only 10 minutes left in the movie. We, we tend to gauge whether or not we're enjoying the movie based upon how frequently you pause it and say, dang it, how much time is left <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> So I, it's I, crazy that this has become a regular thing for us to, possibly <laughs> to, to frequently watch movies. That we have to check how much more of this we have to watch. 
you know, but Chanley is totally right that we paused it and all of us were disappointed that there wasn't enough time left. Uh, yeah, I guess. You yawn on this podcast a lot. Okay, well, you know, that's my charm. The people love it. The weekly yawn wheel. Yeah. Uh, for, Yonder wheel. For me, <laughs> I found it invigorating because the last two or three movies, maybe four movies that we watched, I found very draining. This one was a lot of fun, and Shanley is totally right. Jimmy, you're alluding to things that I agree with, too. It's a dumb movie, and it's really bad, but in sort of a fun way. It's it's a popcorn movie in the worst way. It's not a popcorn movie like Jurassic Park or Avengers movies. It's a popcorn movie in that it's fluff. It doesn't matter. It's one of those, sit there and don't think about it too much. Maybe you'll have a good time, and that's what I did. I sat there. Didn't think about it too much, and I had a good time. Well, I know I can pinpoint the moment that I went from hating this movie to being like, okay, I'm kind of having fun. Let's hear it. It was... So, this movie is... Basically, it's a mixture of Con Air... Yeah. And any of like the crime dramas on and like tv these days okay. like shanley watches a lot of that like criminal minds and stuff whenever there's like an ensemble cast of people solving crimes and having weird relationship drama and like mm. uh, like it's like the score is always like just ominous tones Dark um, and ominous. ominous yep <laughs> you're effing billy baldwin aren't you <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's what this movie was Part of that was because the leader of whoever the people who had taken custody of Loeffler, the leader was debatable, I guess. But it was either, what's his name, Michael from The Sopranos, or it was... The Sopranos. I know him from my baby's daddy. Okay, so it was either that guy, or it was the like really muscular, bald leader dude. Ringer was his name. Ringer, yes. That guy. And he reminds me of one of the guys from Criminal Minds that I do not like. And um, I don't like anyone on that show. I don't like that show. But there's one guy that kind of bothers me. Is it Shamar Moore? Probably. The attractive black man. Yeah. Yep. yep. Jimmy, I consider you my attractive black man. I'm the attractive black man on our show. (laughs) That's for sure the case. Yeah. So that guy is like in there. He's like calling all the shots. He shoots the lifeboats. He's like... Oh, I'm like a tough leader guy. And he's like all bossing everyone around and stuff. And then they're like, they're, they're chasing down Loeffler. It's like a little more than halfway through the movie, maybe right around halfway. And Loeffler shoots the dude through the face, like through the jaw out of the top of his head. And I did not think that guy was going to die at all or definitely not this early in the movie. Yeah. And I was stoked. I was like, all right, man, that's the first thing this movie did that, like... You're on board. ...surprised me in a good way, and I'm in. I'm like, let's go. Like, I'm excited to see what happens now. And from that point on, I was having fun, because the pace was picked up. But before that, it was just a mess of, like, what the hell am I watching? And a lot of, like, stuff that... All the stuff that didn't make sense, but gave you time to think about how much it didn't make sense happened before that point. And then from then on, 
it's just a, a fun ride where it didn't matter if it made sense anymore or not. Would you guys agree? I, I would totally agree with that, yeah. I mean, that's not where I jumped on, but I, I loved it. You were on board po- <laughs> in the first scene. Yeah. You were like, yeah, okay. Well, then- you know, I was quoting Jumanji from the beginning of the movie. That was fun. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Shanley, when did you jump on board for this movie? Um, I'm not sure if there was a specific point that made me in. Because... <laughs> I'm still, like, I'm trying to think through it right now, and I'm just thinking, like, wait, there are all these, like, military men that were, like, very good shape, jacked, like, supposed to be, like, trained, and they were running around kind of, like, fumbling idiots. Yeah. While um, Nicolas Cage's character, what was his name? Um, Walsh. Frank Walsh. Frank Walsh has, like, a bit of a beer belly. (laughs) It's like a horrible, like he's like drunk and like smoking cigars and just not taking care of himself. And some, and also his background. He's he, wait, 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 let's get, let's get to this later. I want to go somewhere with this. I, I, I want to talk about that, but can you just say this part first? I just want to close off where you got on board. With I don't the movie. know. I don't have a specific point. Okay. So maybe that means you were on board from the beginning. Maybe, but I remember the first few scenes being, like, cringy and, like, mm. You weren't on board for real estate. No. So, I I was personally into the movie from the beginning. Jimmy, you're a photographer, oh, so okay. the color palette of the movie bothered you. I thought it looked I don't, really pretty. I don't want to say that that has anything to do with me being a photographer. It looked really dumb. I, I thought it looked really nice. They had some really good helicopter shots over it was like all desaturated ted's, ted's rainforest everything looked green it was kind of like the matrix a little bit it, but it was worse it was almost sepia but i liked it but what i really was on board is the introduction of kevin durand's character loffler when he showed up on the dock and he was uh deducing everybody's background based upon their accents it was really overblown and really hammy, but I was just thinking, like, this guy is chewing up the scenery, and, and I was having fun with it. I was really excited for him to be the villain of the movie. He's channeling kind of Kevin Spacey in Seven, a lot He's of Hannibal Lecter. He's way more channeling Cyrus the Virus. Cyrus the Virus. Yep. Well, see, the, yeah, yeah, you're right. He was he Cyrus totally the Virus, was. but like a, like a friendly Cyrus the Virus. Well, Cyrus the Virus is pretty friendly. But he doesn't like smile in the whole movie. And this guy doesn't stop smiling. And, and Hoffler smiled the entire film. Yeah. I, so that that's when I was really like, yes, I, I'm in for this. I'm very excited. You know what? I, I think I actually realized the point I was in. Okay, and it was see. right after um, where they introduced Loffler, um, kind of harassing all of the military guys. Um so Nicolas Cage's character <clears throat> asks why, why for whatever reason this ship will be carrying this fugitive, mm-hmm. and they tell him that's classified, and so he tells them to classify this and flips him the bird. It's <laughs> just like yes, and then they proceed to tell him they're like, you know what? That's fair. Let me tell you exactly <laughs> why. <laughs> at that point, they're sitting at a lunch table. With this poacher in Nicolas Cage, and they're just chumming it up with him. 
and it all it just takes him to flip them off once to be like, all right, well, we'll tell you, we'll tell you the classified information. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. What he you nagged you, them into giving he it. Them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this movie ultimately is it's a stupid movie, but it surrounds three characters. So I thought that maybe we'll we'll start by talking about these characters and the the actors who portray them. So let's start with Nicolas Cage's character. He's Frank Walsh. And in the opening scene, when he's reading our favorite magazine, real estate, uh, he's got quite a significant belly hanging over his belt line. And I saw it's not that bad. Well, here's definitely not action hero esque. Well, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm a, I'm a heavy set guy. I I'm a, I'm a man of Husk. Good old baby Matt over here. I'm a Husky boy. Is that your phone? It's my work phone. It's in my bedroom. That doesn't count. Oh, that doesn't okay, count. Okay, yeah, your work phone went off and it doesn't count. Okay. Anyway, I'm not trying to body shame him for having a gut, but when I saw that, the, the, they're introducing this character, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting a sense of this guy. He's he's sweaty. He's greasy. He's got a beard. He's got a belly. And I asked myself, I wonder if Nicolas Cage put on some weight for this role. And then immediately my conscious mind answered myself and said, no, I think he just showed up and started shooting this yes. movie. And I did say that also during the <laughs> during our viewing. But I don't know if I agree because I feel like part of the reason why I'm not as excited about this movie as you two are is I'm developing a passionate longing for Nicolas Cage's brand of acting. Settle the heck down. <laughs> I love it. I love Nicolas Cage. And I feel like in this movie, I don't know if he was trying to act or if he was just like way down from eating terribly, but he wasn't himself. Like this wasn't the Nicolas Cage. He's a very toned down Nicolas Cage. Only yeah. periodically does he channel Cage. It's very brief. It's and it's 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 hard like, like I said. I don't know if it's for sure that he's trying to be this like character that's like kind of like a beaten down guy um but that does it did bother me that's part of why I didn't enjoy it and also then I can't get out of trying to decipher what the reality is is did he come up with a concept for who this character was that he thinks would benefit from him being more restrained and kind of sluggish and slothly (laughs) and slaven or whatever. I don't think anybody really showed up for this movie (laughs) except for Kevin Durand. I I don't, I think Nicolas Cage was, he just walked on set. I don't think he was really working that hard. And I think that that's what you're picking up on here. Maybe, but I I feel like that implies then that when he's at his cagiest, that he is trying and I kind of don't think that's true. I think it's more likely that he was intentionally toning down his natural self than that he's usually picking up and like amping up him his real identity. You know, I, I have to disagree with you on that. I think what you're picking up on and what you're classifying as caginess, I think that's just when he's enthusiastic about a role. You don't think, first off... In this movie, he was definitely enthusiastic about a role. Uh, <laughs> it's a a dinner joke. roll? <laughs> a cinnamon roll? 
<laughs> I can't blame him. I'm enthusiastic about a roll. Dude, I had a super good cinnamon roll yesterday. You did? Yeah. Can I break your heart good. real quick? Sure. That was, that was a vegan cinnamon roll that you chose. I mean, I kind of wonder, like, what's the difference? Uh, the frosting that you had on top of it was was not like yeah, a cream Oreos frosting. are vegan. Like, it's fine. Okay. It does nothing to me. Anyway. I, I don't think he really cared a whole lot about this movie, and I think that that's why he's not that cagey in it. Okay, well, I don't know if I agree, uh, but I think that maybe if we break down that character a little further, or try to at least, that we might be able to clarify this a little bit. So a point that I was confused at is we are shown clearly that Nicolas Cage is a confident, like, solo animal trapper and tracker who's able to go to Brazil into a rainforest rainforest yeah into rainforest <laughs> and find several animals yeah and then trap them and bring them back to like find places so he's a competent man he's he's got connections he's got a can do attitude he's got know-how um, Would you it, say he's got spunk and wherewithal? No, he has no spunk. What about wherewithal? <laughs> Maybe. Would you say that, Shanley? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but so 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 we see that he's kind of like frumpy, but he's <laughs> frumpy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's doing stuff. That's fine. And then. He goes, gets on this ship, and my first thought was, you don't have your own ship? I feel like it's weird to just bring a bunch of animals, which we find out he doesn't have permits for. For which he does not have permits. Okay. And I I don't recognize the proper language of the oppressor, but if you do, that's fine. Speaking of which, why are all these Brazilians speaking Spanish? Yeah, that bothered me a lot. <laughs> but the music in Brazil is Portuguese. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Proceed. No, that was a great point. It was very dumb. It was one of the things early on where it gave us a little bit too much room to think about stuff like that, so that we could be annoyed. Had the opportunity to be annoyed. I know you didn't take that opportunity. Well, but I was more so me. baffled by that guy who just kept calling him Senior Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared, Senior Frank. Your parrot is eating your nachos, Senior Frank. <laughs> that. So um, anyway. So, so I was surprised by that. I feel like it doesn't seem like you just get on a commercial ship with a whole bunch of wild animals that you captured. And then he's like... An idiot, because he's bragging about, like, all how valuable all his animals are to everyone on the ship. It's like, dude, a lot of these people have guns. Sea people are notoriously untrustworthy. Whoa. It's true, man. I won't stand for that. And you know what? As a black man in America, I have the right to say that. Because sea people betrayed us a long time ago, and it's had negative ramifications to this very day. Well, so. I can't respond to that. Continue. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you say, yeah, good point, brother. Yeah, good point. <laughs> My brother. My man. <laughs> Come on. Come on, throw out some kind of, uh, you know, 
soul brother yeah there it is that, i that i would that's john johnny depp though and charlie the Cho- chocolate factory yeah don't ever give me some skin soul brother go on the movie's terrible that should come up eventually um johnny depp johnny depp yep. filmography i'm yep. putting that johnny on there depp, oh my gosh johnny depp for sure we're gonna watch All dark shadows <laughs> okay so so my point is he just does a lot of contradictory things. And one of the contradictory things he does is um, start saying that he worked at zoos <laughs> for 10 years of his life. Eight different zoos in 10 years. He worked at eight different zoos in 10 years. But then at another point, he also starts implying that he has like a dark military history. Yeah. But he was a he was a mechanic in the military. He was a mechanic, but he also makes it sound like he was like a badass. Really, I bad did mechanic. not get that impression. He says it in a way where he's like looking down at his like fists, and he's like, "I've seen some shit kind of <laughs> attitude," you know. Inside hmm. of someone's carburetor, gummed <laughs> up the whole machinery. Um, okay, well, so that's what I was trying to get at: is who is this man? He's Frank Walsh, uh-huh. zookeeper army mechanic guy with daddy issues and poacher does he have daddy issues yeah remember he gets drunk and he's just complaining about his dad the whole time and he's like he's like well my dad's gonna do it he's gonna come and watch not participate but watch me fish and watch me drink 16 year old bourbon Oh, yeah, that was a long scene. It was, yeah, it was very cliche. Okay, but also it was not cliche because that shouldn't happen in anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think I've seen that before, and I don't think it should be a I a just trope. mean like the <laughs> the unaccepting father trope. It, they touched on it just that once. It also ago. seems unnecessary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, but, but what you said about him not having his own ship, I, I don't buy that. I think the Memer is a sketchy ship. Because but, it's, it's, it's a sketchy ship. Like They mentioned before that they don't want the government looking too much into their manifest and what they're doing because they're doing sketchy things. It's a smuggler ship, which is also why the, uh, the NSA gets Loeffler on there. Because in this movie, the NSA are crooked and gross. So, in if you look at the ship, it's it's the the captain of the ship is Morales and his son, and they're they're fine. But then the crew are Jerome and Scubby, Scuddy, 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 and they're kind of a ragtag motley crew as well. I think the ship itself. What makes in them a ragtag motley crew? First off, the crew of the ship is four people. <laughs> it's, it's four five, people five and people. a child. For, yeah, that's fair. It's yeah. Morales, the captain, his son, Rafi, uh, Scuddy, Jerome, and the uh, the cook, the cook who works in the galley. It's killed by monkeys. Wasn't there another person who was unnamed, but it was just like steering? Oh, there were two people in. Yeah. In one, the... But one of them was a soldier. So I think. Okay. Yeah. So six people, Jimmy. Don't exaggerate. It's okay, six so people. Six people on a giant cargo ship. Um, yeah, one cook that has as many as four large shipping containers on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, and then room for another eighty. So they just—they're not doing—they're not doing much on there. But that brings me to like even more of an annoying like 
about attempt Frank? to understand this. Because if these are untrustworthy people, yeah, stop bragging to them, and they're not like they they are like keeping a manifest of where they're going, and they're they're shady. Like, why wouldn't they kill him and sell his white jaguar? I think like, he's he should one of be them. more careful. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I think he's one of them. There is kind of like this camaraderie amongst thieves thing going on there. I buy it. I don't but, know, man. But here's, I here's what I disagree you're, with. You're connecting dots that are really hard to connect. Here. Well, I'll, I'll throw you a bone in this. Nicholas Cage first says that the white jaguar he catches is a million dollar catch. And then when oh, are you about to misunderstand the movie right now? What do you mean? You go on. And then I'll, he I'll says he says that it that he could sell it for as much as seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. He values it differently. First he says no. that it, it's a million dollar catch, and then he tells either Scuddy or different people on the ship that he may be able to sell it for as much as seven hundred and fifty thousand. No. Uh he's saying that he was sent there to find a rare all black jaguar that he was gonna get paid that much for. But that the white jaguar was priceless, and that he was gonna just try to find the highest bidder. Oh, so really? He was, yeah. He was so saying seven hundred fifty thousand for the more. black jaguar. I don't know if that's the figure, but I remember him saying a specific figure for the jaguar that he came there looking for, and then he ended up finding the white one, which was even more rare. And so he was like, "I'm not gonna take this back to them. I'm gonna try to shop this around and try to find okay. the highest bidder." And uh, I think it was for, like, some, uh, was it, like, the zoo in Madrid or something? Or Call the zoo! It was somewhere in Spain that he was supposed to bring the black jaguar. España? España. Si, señor. <laughs> um, senior Frank. <laughs> but, so I don't know if we got anywhere with that, but I think he's either an idiot or he is just, like, they don't make it clear at all. I don't. I don't know if this character makes sense. No, he doesn't make sense. None of these characters make sense, Jimmy. You, well, that you brings us to you. You said you wanted to talk a little bit about Nick Nicholas Cage as a person, though. Did did well, you? Well, I started that? that. That was where I was at with. I was trying to decide if he was acting in this or if he's just in a low point in his own life, where he's taking roles like this. I mean, what movie? This came out in twenty nineteen, right? In the Midst of about 25 other movies that he did that year. He did a lot. Uh, so I kind of think he might have just been burned down and been like, I don't even know. I'm not, I don't know. So maybe you're right. He just he put no effort in. I this was like he gambled away all the money that he got paid for the other 24 movies. And he's like, I got to pay rent this month. That's, I'm just going to do Primal. Nicolas Cage didn't gamble away his money. He either spent it on dinosaur oh fossils dinosaur bone? or Superman <laughs> memorabilia. Dino DNA. You think he bought dino DNA? Hell yeah. I'd buy that. I think he's been injecting it into his gut. <laughs> that's why he looks like this. He doesn't look bad. It's oh, just... Oh, come on. Hey, when you look he like me, you look at him look in this movie good. and go, huh, I wonder what he's on. <laughs> Gotta try that. No, nope. Uh, Definitely not. Are you ready to move on to another character? I think Famke should be next. Okay, well, we'll so Famke Jansen plays uh, Commander Taylor. And <laughs> really, I he's think a commander. So. She only said she was a lieutenant. 
I remember Lieutenant. Uh, you know what? I think you're right. Lieutenant Taylor with the Navy. And coincidentally, Nicolas Cage knows her dad. Shanley, you were fascinated by the backstories of this character. it wasn't from his military experience. <laughs> no, it totally wasn't. Shanley, you were fascinated by the backstories on this. Do you want to comment on this? Do you remember what I'm talking about? I actually don't remember. You don't remember that he knows her dad? I remember <laughs> he was being weird about it, but I don't remember like the story her dad was on the board of <laughs> trustees at the, the san, san diego, diego zoo. zoo and they called him the admiral and it he sort of alludes to her dad was kind of almost like a father figure to him no. sort of he says that? that he worked at eight zoos in 10 years how long could he have possibly worked at the san diego zoo but Did she he keeps do? she keeps going back to like you know what my dad would have said about you and he's like i know I I think there's a I think that they were trying to push for that. No, I think he was just saying that like he was like a screw up, and her dad is like a tough military guy who also was on the board of trustees at, at a the zoo. San Diego Zoo, and um, <laughs> that you know he would have like expectations of like you know clean cut proper etiquette. How crazy that is that that he knows her dad? Yeah, it's a dumb. I think dumb is the word you're looking yes. for. Yeah. How crazy? <laughs> On a scale from one to dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. Let's talk a little bit about Famke Jansen. I really enjoy Famke Jansen in a lot of things. Okay. I like name her them. Jean Grey, House on Haunted Hill. Um I really enjoyed her in Goldeneye. <laughs> sure you did. Tell us about that, Jimmy. I mean, if you were a young boy when Goldeneye came out, you probably already know. So, you know, that's all I got to say about that. So I, I think she's very good as an actor. So good. <laughs> what about in this movie? What was your impression, you guys, in this movie? She... Shanley, you have a look on your face that says, how do I say this in a decent way? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I'm trying to think. Um, it's really hard oh. to speak on her acting ability, and I don't like to um, shame people on their physical appearance, except for Nicolas Cage. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a lie. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you don't you don't want to on air, but I think we all enjoy that in our daily lives. Yeah. Uh. I get what you're saying, and I'll be the mouthpiece for the thoughts you don't want to admit you have. I think that it's hard <laughs> for women in Hollywood to um, get roles once they get a little older, and so they choose to get work done and get Botox, but her Botox was very distracting, so I feel like I could hear inflections in her voice, kind of. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see him on her face. Yeah, she tried to smile in one shot and wasn't capable of it. And they cut away. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Shanley. Like, I don't want to be mean about it. But I think also because I like her as an actor. I actually do. And I was excited that she was in this movie. It actually made me kind of sad because it makes me think that she felt like pressured, like she needed to get work done because she's got this botox face and it seems like the cinematographer and voice 
in a Botox voice. Yeah, it seems like the cinematographer didn't want shots on her face. So, yeah, they like, kept like draping her hair in front draping of her, her face, and hair over her face, or shooting. Like, so her standing the over the shoulder shots. Right, her standing face when she's not speaking, it it looks very natural. It looks pretty much like when she was a younger woman so but when she starts talking rounder. then the puffiness shows so like there were very few shots of her talking it would be a shot of her standing face and then when she would talk it would then the camera angle would change and it would be on the person she's addressing and it i don't look down on her or think bad of her or anything because of her appearance but it made me kind of sad I don't know if that makes me sound like a jerk, and I'm sorry if that makes me sound like a jerk, but I... I God, dude, no one wants to listen to us tiptoe around this shit. Just say yeah, it. it was we like, gotta just be bold here. We're, 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 we're in the media. We gotta just say it like it is. <laughs> in the media. <laughs> I, we have I, a responsibility to not be mean, but also not spend 20 minutes making our listeners hear us tap dance around the issues. Okay, well, I will just say that her Botox face was distracting, and the fact that it seemed like they were intentionally wow, cutting how dare you <laughs> intentionally cutting away from her when she spoke, I felt like it only highlighted it. In fact, when I first saw her in the movie, I thought like, oh man, she's she's gotten some work done, and I was kind of on board for it because a lot of people do in Hollywood, and that's wow. kind of fine. Weird, turn. but but when they started cutting away from her every time she spoke it made it that much more noticeable and that much more distracting yeah especially she's the only actor they did that for right yeah it was definitely uncomfortable to watch once it became clear that that's what they were doing wow well if you two are done ripping down a hard-working woman <laughs> for her appearance i'd love to talk about the character her right? bad character, her bad acting performance. Yeah, I don't well. mind ripping on that, but you know, leave her alone. Jeez. <laughs> Go ahead, Jimmy. Um, I did not understand this character. I spy. So that's what I really like her in. She's really good in I Spy. She's I really like her talent. in Golden Eye. And <laughs> stop with the Golden Eye. <laughs> what? She was great. Also, did you know that her character name in Golden Eye? I don't know how to pronounce Russian, sh- but uh, it's Zenia. On a top? Uh, I wouldn't have been able to recall that, but as soon as you said it, I'm like, yeah, on a top. I think on a top is hilarious. Because that's she, how she kills people she kills when people she's from, on a top. <laughs> she's on a top, and then she kills them with her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Climb on a top of me. And, and meet, meet your, your doom. doom. <laughs> um, okay, so this character makes no sense. So she's a lieutenant or something. And, and, and a psychiatrist or, or, and a neurologist. Yeah, uh, but she's there. She's Is she in the Navy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a Navy lieutenant and a doctor is working with this like shady group of like some sort of NSA. law enforcement. Uh, the U.S. Marshals. Um, for no reason that gets explained really. To go on a like shady ship. To bring this guy to Puerto Rico, and uh, th- then she's like, goes right up to the cage with all the armed guys in front of Loeffler, and is like, uh, he's prone to have seizures. If anything happens, call me, and you know we'll be on the radio. And like, 
just like makes this weird speech in front of him that they didn't go over beforehand. Like, hey, everyone, we're going to be capturing this guy. He's prone to seizures. So if something happens, call me. They have to have like a weird powwow in front of him so that he can formulate this plan. Also, so I have an answer to one of your questions. Why is she there? She's there because she has history with him. Really? I think I think she's been. Did you assi- know that, Shanley? She's been assigned his neurologist in the past because he says to her, "Good to see you again." So I think that that's why she's on this mission. But I if, never caught that. Yeah, so he knows her by name, Doctor Ellen Taylor. But if she's there to be with him, she should be with him a lot more often. It's like she was there yes. at the scene where you're talking about when they put him in the chain link fence. <laughs> And Which then she just enough. left. And then she's like, yeah, okay, just just uh, hit me up if you need anything. I'm going to be <laughs> eating food in the galley. Yeah, or if his condition's that serious, maybe have him, like, chained to a hospital bed. Right, uh, or have, have... With, like, something monitoring him or whatever. whatever. Yeah, medication nearby. Yeah, no, that's it's not good. It's set up for failure. Yeah, having him under a spotlight in a cage... Like with like long chains drawn, but we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, we'll get but, to. I have stuff to say about him, but but there's more to say about Doctor Taylor. But so she has this weird, like, role on the ship of just being there in case they need to do medical stuff to him, um, and then also to have this weird, like, kind of it's supposed to be like a will they won't they, like tension with. Nicholas Cage. And thankfully they won't. And they don't. <laughs> thankfully um, they do not. But they also... We paused the movie to say, oh wait, are they going to kiss? Let's take a vote. Who says that they're going to kiss? I, I voted that they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And you guys, did you guys both vote that they, vote that they would? Yep. I said they would, but the reason that I said that, and this isn't backpedaling, but the reason that I said that is because I thought... What makes the least sense for what they've set up here? And that was that they would kiss. It's like, it's a totally unearned. You were really upset when they kissed in Highlander 2 because it was unearned. And, and then they did it in an alleyway. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> Not even in an alleyway. Um, well, but, it's on the street. But at least he earned that by number one, being the savior of the universe. And number two, being an old man, becoming who a young young. man. A young virile Christopher yeah, Lambert. Dripping with sleaze. But um <laughs> and rainwater. <laughs> uh so anyways, so all she does is like I can't think of a single moment that her character does anything helpful. In the Can movie? You, yeah. No, I mean mm. in life. <laughs> yeah, in the movie. Uh Can you think of anything she does that isn't unnecessary or a mistake, Shanley? Honestly, I can't really think of anything that she does. She kicked the snake that was poisonous and was going to kill them. <laughs> no, uh, she kicked so at it, her, not even kicking it. Successfully. Her role in the movie is to prod Frank Walsh's conscience because she ke- she has like this. Yeah, she's a navy woman, a lieutenant, a neurologist, but she also has this sort of ecological conscience, and she keeps criticizing Frank Walsh for being mean to animals. And like, she's like, my, you know what my father would say about you? That you are less than a man, that you are an animal. And so she keeps prodding him to do, to do better. And remember he was going to leave Morales to die, but then she again called him on something like that. You know what my dad would say about you? And no, we don't (laughs) because your dad doesn't matter in this story. And, uh, from that, she 
gets him to get the antidote because Morales is bitten by one of the snakes. You don't remember that in the movie? I remember parts of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's fair. That's fair. I remember him telling her no and that the guy was going to die because he had a 20% chance of surviving. Even with an antidote. Even with the antidote. Yeah. And so I remember that happening. And then I thought that when Rafi, the little boy who he's like Frank Walsh's buddy on the ship. And I thought that like later on, because he feels bad for the kid, he tries to save the dad. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I I think he's, he's, I think he's supposed Rafi, the child is supposed to be there as like a danger element to kind of heat up the tension of the movie but that kid is a really bad actor and so he's never like afraid or seems like in (laughs) danger he's kind of he's always standing and his like his posture is just very much like oh i'm also here yeah (laughs) he's always kind of just wandering around which is accurate says like was do the line i have the line written here let me pull it in oh frank i'm scared (laughs) <laughs> i think you still did it the frank was a little too weak because it was more frank i'm scared <laughs> yeah 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 so that's why he's there and you remember coming back to famke jansen oh. you remember when she condescends to him and speaks to him in spanish even though he's been speaking english the entire movie um she does it multiple times does she yeah i just know at the end of the movie she looks at him and she goes todo bien <laughs> and nope. he's like yeah I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. That's hilarious. Anything else on Famke Jansen's character? Uh, I'm just disappointed. I wish that she would have had more of like a... On a top of things. Yeah. Um, or just I wish that she was more like... She's the only person who is currently a military like figure. Yeah. All, that all, were all of the military gets killed. Except for, of course, Frank Walsh. And I Army don't know if mechanic. it's confirmed that any of them are military people. Um, They're U.S. Marshals. Yeah, maybe. That could be a lie. I feel like they kind of set up, like, possible, like, these aren't really the people who they say they are kind of thing. There's a lot of, like, gray area of who anyone actually is. And the dude from The Sopranos kills all of them pretty easily. His name is Freed in the movie. He's the U.S. attorney, and he kills somebody... Because his whole motivation is he needs him alive. And he keeps saying that over again. Yeah, and he also reads him his Miranda rights. Yeah. Which is not his job or something that anyone's job is. (laughs) You have the right to remain It's like a local police thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's more of an American thing. (laughs) That's more of an... We don't don't do that. Um, But that's like why... Okay, I know we're getting off topic. So I guess we're kind of done with Famke. But... Why did that guy do that? I know we're going to go to Loeffler, but, like, if you're going to kill, like, He everyone, kills a U.S. Marshal. He stabs him through the head yeah. and says, I need him alive. He kills several. Does and he kill several? And he, yeah. And he I don't know why they give him a gun. I think He's he a took US it from attorney. a dead person. Did he really? <laughs> I don't know. He probably had I don't know. He was kind but of just lumbering around. With he like, was ready to be the only person alive on this ship <laughs> with Loffler. Yeah. Um, he, he was down. There's not a single person he wouldn't kill. And so it's like, ship. why did you need to read the Miranda rights to a person who's already in custody when you're also willing to kill a bunch of innocent people just doing their job? Uh, yeah, he was kind of an enigma of a character, yeah. and he ends up getting. How does he get killed? Does he get shot with a bow and arrow? 
Um, oh no, he gets shot in the chest, right? So there's Lothar this weird. Uh, there's a Mexican, Mexican a Brazilian standoff. standoff no will. one in this movie was Brazilian. <laughs> um, but there's that standoff where what does Frank have? Does he have a tranquilizer gun? He has a bow and arrow. He does have a bow and arrow. <laughs> So for There's some reason, ten thousand guns on this ship, and he says, "I'm going hunting." How do they and not grabs make a bow and arrow? How do they like? Here's what they should have did with him. <laughs> he should have had to kill someone when he was in the military, and he didn't like it, and that makes him kind of sympathetic for Loeffler because he also had to do things that he didn't want to do, and he's given that up, but he still is like a skilled hunter. And so he only uses his tranquilizer gun, this like bow and arrow thing and his like blow darts that he uses. And like, that's like his character is like, I don't use guns. I only do this stuff. Yeah. That, that would have made sense. sense no, but yeah, they did not I think do you're right. that. They did not know. Um, but so in the Mexican standoff, he's got a bow and arrow. Loeffler has a gun to Famke Jensen's head. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have freed. Freed. Who has a gun on uh, Walsh on Nicolas Cage, right? And that pa- that pans out with does Walsh take the shot? Uh, yeah, I he think does. they all fire because he the does same shoot. Time. He shoots Loeffler through he the shoulder. He shoots Loeffler. Loeffler must shoot Freed, and no one shoots Femke Jensen. Yeah, <laughs> no one shoots Taylor. What the hell happened there? Yeah, does anyone know how that scene ended? That's how it ends, and he. Has, I know he breaks off the arrow from yeah, and his he, chest, and he makes her pull the. Loeffler makes Famke Jansen's character pull the arrow through his body. Yeah, so somehow he ends up being the only one in that room with Famke Jensen. So how does? Where does Walsh go? Where yeah, does I Walsh know. go? I think he just goes down the hallway. Wow, what yeah. the hell is going on in this movie? Well, the. Let, let's move on from let's get to Doctor Ellen Taylor. Yeah, let's go to Loeffler, who is my favorite character. Of the movie. He's the best character in the movie. Oh yeah, he he picked up the missing Nicolas Cage craziness. He's having so much fun doing this role. I think he's the only one who wants to be there. It seems yeah. like everybody is like, oh, this is an easy check. But he looks like he's having fun. Him and the guy who plays Scuddy, I think, is having fun. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Here's my thing though The introduction of Loeffler's character They don't give his rap sheet early on Enough in the movie I think that by the time they roll him out On the dock That we should already be afraid of him We And when they do read his rap sheet Of course these are all horrible things If you met somebody who'd killed a senator And uh, was wanted in multiple countries For crimes against humanity That's terrifying But not in a movie I think they, they should have given more visceral crimes to him and read it read that out way earlier on because they roll him out in the dock and then they put him in a chain link fence and then they give his crimes. And that seems a lot of fun. And yeah, But and, he's and like kind of charming the whole time. None of he's them are like, juicy enough, though. Yeah. I, I really like, though, when when they read the final one, he goes, that one was my favorite. That, that was kind of cool. I, I, it was okay, but it just ripped off Con Air. Like does, it, it was just the does Cyrus scene, the virus do that? It was just the scene where they're talking about what everyone on the the plane. I did. I don't think that they fabricated horrifying enough crimes for him. I agree, but I think that him being like charmed by his like crime, mm-hmm. I think that they did that on um, Con Air better. Well, what did you guys think about 
Loeffler's character, Kevin Durant's character? I liked him. I think that he was... And I think, okay, so he was the essence of this movie. Right. The essence of we're having fun and it's dumb and it doesn't make sense, but whatever. That's just what's happening. Right. Um, And I think that's why as he got more room to be present, it became a better experience, I guess. Right. What do you think, Shanley? Yeah, um, I do think that there were a lot of similarities between his character and um, the Cyrus the Virus character from Con Air. Like, of all the people, and they're talking on the radio and trying to find him, he took special interest in... In Walsh. Yeah, in Nicolas Cage's character, and it's not really clear why. Yeah, he takes interest in Nicolas Cage's character for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Because everybody's talking on the radio, and he's just going... Yeah, Walsh, (laughs) he just keeps answering him for some weird reason. Yeah. Um, I want to say that he was a little over the top of a character, but I think it was nice because his presence balanced out everyone else being so tame. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think what bothers me is, so this movie, it already feels like Con Air, but what the Loeffler character kind of deserved was a face-off level of, like, a man versus his inverse self. Mm -hmm. Like, he needed, like... A foil. Yeah, sure, a foil. Um, I wanted this to be, like, a Batman-Joker face-off kind of mashup here. Like, I just wanted all of that in one. And this guy was there for it. What's his name? Kevin Durant? Yeah, uh, he... Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant is an NBA player. Yeah. Kevin Durand. Uh, Kevin Durant was great in this. I mean, I did not recognize him. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's why I felt the presence of Nicolas Cage to be so lacking. lacking. Yeah. Is it because this guy was like doing? He was crazy. He was. He took a bad character design from the writers of this film and was like, dude, I'm just going to go for it. And he did he sure great. Did, yeah. Um, and Nicholas cage could have picked it up a little bit and then they could have written it a little bit better to have them be like to like a fork in the road of like a military past gone two ways. Oh, I see. And yeah. then it could have been like, Oh man, like this is exciting. Like watching Nicholas cage kind of be like, is he going to kind of sympathize with this guy or is he going to use his skills to like, you know decide to take this guy down what's going on instead it's just like we get a fat goofy nicholas cage <laughs> just somehow because he completely hunts him, unearned he being uses like his bait remember he uses bait he could have been killed so many times in this and should have been killed <laughs> he should have and been. wasn't especially by loffler oh yeah like, yeah, yeah. There, there's a part where they meet just the two of them over uh, when Kevin Durant, when Loeffler's looking <laughs> over the, the charts. And it's just the two of them in a dark room. And in hand-to-hand combat, Loeffler could snap his neck, but they don't. They just stand and talk while Nicolas Cage pulls a handgun on him. Yeah. And then isn't there a point where 
Loeffler renders him unconscious and just drags him, and puts him across in a cage. the ship to lock him into a cage. In the Jaguar's cage. Yeah, so I had a question about that. As to oh, no, why. Well, that's when he's drugged. No, 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 it's not quite yet. It's they They get into a fight. He knocks him out, and then he drags him across the ship and puts him in the jaguar cage. Oh, and he I puts was Nicholas Cage yeah. in the jaguar. Yeah. Yes. And I was and wondering... And he's choking him. He caged the cage. <laughs> he um. did. It was a cage squared. <laughs> I was wondering why he couldn't kill him, and they answer it, but it's a very tenuous answer. It's because Nicholas Cage stole his, his navigational charts. charts. Yeah. And so he couldn't find a, a way... Yeah. I mean, he what's he going to do? Like, just look all over the ship? When everyone else is dead? Yeah, certainly. He couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, he he shows an unwarranted level of humanity and mercy towards Nicolas Cage's character. Well, so that is what I guess I think we should be talking about is, who the hell is this guy? Because we, like, we've touched on that he has, like, he was in the military, and he left and did a bunch of bad stuff, and... They don't really ever get into. They, they is he do. acting on his own? They do. They they, so, they they hint at it, but it's unclear. Let, right? let me lay it out. This is what it is. He was in Brazil doing assassinations for the NSA, but he was there long enough to where he lost enough people to where it stopped becoming business and became personal for him. So he had scores that he still Does needed he say to that? settle. Yeah, multiple times. Really, it's not business. It's personal. Because they, the they give that payoff at the end. But yeah, well, so what he's saying is that he was there long enough to where it became personal and he had scores he needed to settle, but the NSA was ready to pull him out, but he wasn't ready to be pulled out yet because he still had people that he personally wanted to kill because of what he'd experienced. Mm-hmm. And so when they were trying to take him out of Brazil, he decided to stay there and uh, join either start or join up with a terrorist organization and continue the work that he'd became personally invested in so that's who durand is okay um and so why is the american government so upset about it because he killed a senator an american senator yeah in brazil (laughs) i don't think he killed him in brazil no so he's became a terrorist in brazil yeah and then went back to America to kill a senator. <laughs> and then went back. And to then Brazil. went back to Brazil. Yeah. Do you know where Rainforest is? The cafe. <laughs> yeah, the Rainforest Cafe in Brazil. <laughs> oh, he, nice. He loved the fajitas. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. Um, okay, so I, I'm giving you that backstory. It's in the movie, and it's a really buried exposition, and it's not given very well. But that is what they say in the movie. But so the, what they do convey with their acting because it's not in the dialogue is that there's some level of kind of like a temptation that he's giving off that like we're supposed to feel like we should kind of like sympathize Sympathize with with him him. yeah that he had to kind of turn because he was working for corrupt people yeah and that there should be like a possibility that like kind of like a johnny utah and um Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Patrick Swayze <laughs> kind of thing. Where it's like, is he going to let him go? Like, is he, like, going like, to kind of look a, the other a, way on this? A better example is uh, Luke Wilson's character 
and Martin Lawrence's character in Blue Streak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we're going for. His name is Miles something. Officer, I got your pizza. Robbery homicide. <laughs> <laughs> this whole place is a cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> I own that movie on DVD. I have the one existing DVD of that Dude, movie. Dude, I used to watch that movie all the time. <laughs> I think I watched it on VHS. Good man. Blue Streak. <laughs> so good. Anyway, Luke Wilson's um, in that movie. Yeah. I uh, un gato en el pantalones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they they were going for that. Um, but but, but so Nicolas Cage isn't having it for, for finished, no reason. <laughs> I finished this movie being unsure who were the good guys. <laughs> Like, obviously, Nobody. we're supposed to think that Nicolas Cage and Famke and the Raffy. little boy and his dad are good guys. Little Miss Scuddy. No, I don't Scuddy. know if Scuddy was a Scuddy good guy. Scuddy is kind of gross. I like him. I, Scuddy was my favorite character. I would watch The Adventures of Scuddy and Jerome. Absolutely. I would, too. And also, okay. Let's, so, let, let, can we just talk about Scuddy and Jerome just for a second? Fine. It's come up. One question I have to ask is... Why is Jerome there? I is think he, he a slave? <laughs> I think he might be. He fa- he says he found him in Jamaica, and then he took him. Yeah, he does say that, right? <laughs> I think yep. he did. And but then man. he's just, and then he's like, he just tells Jerome what to do, and he does it. Yeah, but I think Jerome he's kind of sees, sees him it, like a father figure. Okay, but there's four people that work on this ship. Maybe five. And and we came up with six. We okay. Came up with six. Okay, so there's a cook, and that's all that guy does. And then there's... There's the helmsman. The helmsman, maybe. And so that's two. And then there's... Morales. Who's, who else besides the Jerome and... Oh, Scuddy. What does Morales do? He's the He's, po- he's the captain. captain. So he's a different person than the helmsman? Yeah. Okay. So there's those people... And then there's there's another Jerome person also in the wheelhouse. Jerome and Scuddy. Yeah. And Scuddy is an old man <laughs> who seems kind of useless. And like he knows what he's doing, but he, he doesn't kn- yeah. seem very physically. He's capable. not physically capable of he's doing. A it. And so he's basically <laughs> he's a weathered old. He's yeah. a salty seaman. He's on, <laughs> okay. Um, so it seems like he just tells Jerome to do things, and Jerome does it. And that even happens when they're fighting for their life. <laughs> he throws he says, Jerome, Jerome. <laughs> Jerome, go go kill him. And then Scuddy's, Scuddy's just climbing a ladder to escape. <laughs> leaving just Jerome with nothing behind. but a pair Jerome of overalls and a say, wrench. He says run. He does say run, Scuddy. But also you did bring up a good point that Jerome can pull off. I mean, he overalls. wears overalls like the best of them. Yeah, but like a black in shape guy could wear anything always. That's a rule of life. Like in shape black dudes can wear literally anything. And it's like, oh, shit, is that like a look now? Is that in style? Like it works every time. I get that, especially with a Jamaican accent. But that brings up another question. Does Did he Jerome have, a, have Jamaican a Jamaican accent? accent? He barely spoke. I think the actor probably couldn't do a Jamaican accent, so they well, probably cut a lot of his dialogue. you both picked up on that. He looks like he's from New York. <laughs> he totally looked New York. And yeah. he is. He the is. The actor is from New York. 
But like we both looked at him and we were like, that dude's from New York. They they were aside from Loeffler, they were my favorite part of the movie. I'd love to see them. But but Jerome dies, doesn't he? Oh yeah. He Dang does. it. Doesn't Scuddy die too? No, no, Scuddy survives. What? At the end of the the last scene of the movie is him uh like directing the Coast Guard on how to operate his ship. Dude, this is bullshit. I was okay with the other black dude dying. Ringer. Ringer. Jerome shouldn't die. If Jerome Scuddy gets his neck his he gets his neck snapped. That's what happened. Yeah. Oh, is that the one that pissed me off? Yep. Is he puts him in a chokehold and <laughs> snaps. It's his like neck. a rear naked choke, but not. And then he snaps his neck from there, like with one hand, like just the hand that's on the back of the head. He just like he's holding him like this. He, this hand is on the shoulder, and this is great for the listener. <laughs> and and he just goes, Hi. and it's like that doesn't work. And I tried to get one of you two to let me do that to you. And you wouldn't do it for some reason. My yes, son has tried to snap reason. my neck <laughs> recently. I think so. your son can and probably will snap your neck. Eventually, yeah. I've uh, raised he, him to supplant me. He's inventing moves all the time and it's going to go <laughs> bad. Yeah. Man, I love Scuddy and Jerome. I would see a prequel about them, huh? How about you guys? I think they need a spinoff series. Oh, Before Primal, the Scuddy and Jerome story yeah i think a series would be great with them yeah they they were scud the guy who plays scuddy is really oh. good i think I, I maybe i would qualify him as also as somebody who showed up for this movie he's fully in that role That's yeah. a lot didn't of you say that someone involved in this film worked on cool runnings uh i don't think so i think that was that, 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 a was, a, that was a different nomination Damn it. okay well either way we're having a good like jamaican <laughs> fake jamaicans cast in our watch history yeah and i hope that we keep that going yeah well i mean we could watch i still know what you did last summer with jack black as a oh, jamaican yeah. man <laughs> and then maybe um the hot chick <laughs> adam sandler yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know you could hear that i don't know if he's supposed to be jamaican he's got dreads but... well it's close enough okay um there is a group of characters that this movie could not exist without. Do you guys know what I'm getting at here? The animals. The animals. I love I'm here because animals. I love animals. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> the animals of this movie are mostly CGI. And what are your guys' thoughts about the CGI design? They look pretty decent, except for the jaguar. The jaguar all of the time, would you say? I would say all of the time the jaguar looks bad. I think it only really stands out when you see it close up. Or when it makes facial expressions or close when up. it moves. They always have the jaguar in poorly lit scenarios. It didn't look furry. It, it was looked, very slick. It looked like plastic. <laughs> it was a silicone jaguar. Yes, it did. It looked like a powdery silicone jaguar. I, I didn't think it was that if bad. silicone jaguar isn't the name of a adult toy i'm gonna i'll eat my own foot it sounds like a prophylactic <laughs> silicone jaguar it does like that's behind the counter at the ampm i think they shouldn't make those out of silicone though right it's supposed to be latex what a prophylactic uh why wouldn't you use silicone i don't think they do that maybe only, it's porous well only sailors use condoms <laughs> but that's what this movie's about <laughs> yeah that's why they have it 
those filthy beggars they go from port to port all right we officially <laughs> did that so um they, okay yeah the the animals they look very slick hey kevin durant was in austin powers too he was that's cool but that quote is from the first austin powers yeah i know international but that's why industry. i said too no yeah we did come around uh the monkeys let's talk about a little so this movie feels like it's excessively lacking a presence of animals probably because they could not animate they couldn't afford to animate all these animals the movie's called primal it's got all these hunting allusions to it and yet there's barely any animal scenes yeah there should have been like a like the climax of ace ventura when nature calls or the first scene in ace's apartment in ace ventura (laughs) pet detective Either of those amounts of animals would have been acceptable. We, I was really hoping that the climactic fight would be Nicolas Cage riding on the white jaguar. Yeah, there was no way that was going to happen. <laughs> Can you imagine, though? The movie that I have playing in my head was a little bit better than this one. Because he comes in holding a spear, galloping on this white jaguar. That would have been magnificent. <laughs> oh my, it would have been majestic for sure. Oh man, now I'm coming up with concepts for my script for <laughs> Ghost Rider 3, and I really want him to ride a Hellcat, sure. and I want it to be a Jaguar <laughs> with flames. flames. Oh, that's so metal. Yeah, dude, it's going to be sick. <laughs> that, can we talk about when the monkeys kill the chef? Yeah, we have to. First off, I like that chef. He felt like a budget, um, the dude from Waiting and Rasta Monster. Oh, uh, Guzman. Yeah. What's his mm-hmm. first name? Luis Guzman. Is that his yeah. He's in Community, right? As yeah, himself. He, he's their famous he's alumni, an alumni from Greendale Community College. <laughs> Hello, Luis Guzman. <laughs> Yeah, he he's kind of, he kind of reminded me also of uh, Chibs from Sons of Anarchy. No, no, he didn't. How? No, you're not thinking of Chibs. You're thinking of um, the long hair dude. He's uh, Fat Elvis. He's also uh, Bobby. Yes, Detective Flash in from Spawn? Batman Begins. Oh no, yes, Batman. That's it. And uh, he's in Too Fast, Too Furious. A rat eats his chest in Too Fast, Too what? Furious. Yeah. Wow. A rat eats his chest. But that's neither here nor there nor anywhere. But he reminded me of that. There there's a in... there there's a Chekhov's monkey scene where Nicolas Cage describes that these monkeys if you touch their baby because they're because one of them is a female, if you touch her baby, she will peel your flesh off. Oh yeah, cuz she's smiling at Rafi. Rafi? Yeah, Rafi yeah. says she is smiling at me. I guess that's not a smile. That's a threat <laughs> face or something like that. Yep. Is that a threat face? I don't know. I don't know. That's going to be the name of my clothing line. Threat face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that pays off. That was Chekhov's monkey because the the cook, for some reason, when the entire ship goes to lockdown, the one thing he wants to do is check his kitchen. No, but no, I don't know if he's trying to check his kitchen or if he just doesn't want to work because... He goes in there like he's getting away with something. He like closes the door and then like the guy that was going with him is like he locks the door yeah. and he's flipping the guy off through the like little window in the door. He's like, ha ha, like uh, you can't get me kind of thing. And this cued he gets this cued my Jumanji quote. This will not be an easy mission. 
monkeys slow the expedition. And then he gets a big old mama monkey come up and Well, no 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 no. He's he the monkeys are threatening him and he's not he's not accessible to the radio because he locked himself in the galley. And Nicolas Cage's character says, tell him to not grab the baby. And the next scene is him just for some reason grabbing a baby monkey. He grabs it full hand, like both hands around the baby. And then uh, it's very Jurassic Park. He falls down in the in the commercial kitchen and there's like stainless oh, steel and like blood smearing. It did feel Jurassic Park. It did. Mm-hmm. It was very Jurassic um, Park. He gets killed by monkey. Death, <gasps> Death, Death by monkey. monkey. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> wow. Shark or death by monkeys? He got death by monkeys. Now we know what that means. That's really good. Um, I was also really hoping for uh, uh, another Nicolas Cage filmography to come into this. Shanley's favorite line from The Croods. Oh, release the baby. Shanley loves that. <laughs> They have like a wild baby, kind of like a oh, Donnie. It's, it's Donnie from, yeah. from Wild Thorn. They have a girl, yeah. Donnie, and he says, release the baby, and she comes like flailing at them. And I was hoping at some point Nicolas Cage would get to say, release the baby. And they would like throw the baby monkey at someone. And then like the adult monkeys would get upset and kill that person. Wow. But that didn't happen. No, but the monkeys did kill the chef, and that was awesome. Yep. So, Shanley talked a little bit earlier about logical inconsistencies. Can we just try to pick out some of those? I'll start. Do you remember when Ringer says, Oh man, Loeffler is on the radio. Everybody change your channel while Loeffler's still listening? Yeah, he says it <laughs> on the radio. Times. Also, how convoluted was their plan for changing? And it's like, you came up with this concept. He says, All right, here's what we're going to do. Was it every hour or was it every 15 minutes? Every 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes. Two channels and down three? No, every 15 minutes they would change channels. I didn't hear that. And the order was going to be they go up two, then 15 minutes later they go down three. Then 15 minutes later they go up two, then 15 minutes later they go down three. Oh, that's kind of smart, kind of tactical. It is kind of (laughs) smart. And then they go ahead and ruin it by saying, hey, Loeffler, get off the damn line. And then they go, you know what, guys, let's just change the radio channel while he's listening. Instead of they could have just done that according to the plan anyway. Uh, Yeah. And then he would have been like, he probably would have figured it out. But like it would have taken him a little bit, maybe. Because then Loeffler could just obviously say, okay, well, they changed channels. Let's see if I can find them. I don't know if you've ever spoken on a walkie-talkie, but modern-day walkie-talkies have a scan where you just scan, and eventually it finds a channel where other people are talking. So oh, you can do it. <laughs> right? That's cool. Isn't that true? I believe so. How would we know? You've never gotten a pair of walkie-talkies on a road trip or a camping trip? Never. Not since they did that. Yeah, they do. We should get some walkie-talkies. We can walkie-talk to each other while each of us are napping in different rooms. I am a hundred with string. (laughs) I'm a hundred percent certain. I'm a hundred percent certain that you and I have bought walkie-talkies at a Walmart after midnight together. (laughs) We totally have. Yeah. Why do you know this? Because I remember you had a walkie-talkie, and I was like, "Why do you have that?" So well, Matt and I could me, talk to each other after bedtime. Me and Matt went to Walmart at 3 a.m. Best friend one to best friend two. Come in. <laughs> yes, best friend two. This is best friend one over. Oh, oh, uh, that brings to mind. I love it every time Nicolas Cage goes, wash out. <laughs> That's yeah, my favorite. Uh, that I love dumb. that. It touches my heart. 
All right. Well, so I don't know if I can find another logical inconsistency, but one thing that bothered me this whole movie was that they set up things and it doesn't go anywhere. Like my best example would be when he captures the white Jaguar, he's going to like, he's loading up this 18 wheeler. We're just like tying down with like bungee cords, all these animal cages. The truck belongs to Diego. The truck belongs to Diego. And he's like, all right, man, let's go back to the boat. Or no, whatever. senior Frank. Yeah. And he says that. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? No. And he's like, oh, like, you know, it's uh, there's like a legend about the white jaguar and it's a man. Gato Fantasma. Yep. The ghost cat, senior Frank. <laughs> and so he basically is just like, no one wants to go with you. Everyone's afraid of this uh, jaguar. Gato Fantasma. Yep. And... <laughs> So they refuse to go, and he's like, okay, I'll just go on my own. He's like, okay, uh, also, when you get there, you're going to meet this guy, and he'll take the truck back from you and help you get on the boat. And he's he even refuses to take Nicolas Cage's money. Right. And then Nicolas Cage says, well, buy your kids some new shoes and gives them some of the money. And then this dude just lets Nicolas Cage drive away with his truck. That's right. That he, barely, he gave him shoe money for, and... Then it never comes up again that this, like, Jaguar is supposed to maybe be kind of cursed or that he meets this other guy in the place where he gets on the there boat. There is this long strain of lore with this Jaguar that is never fleshed out. They continually say from that scene throughout the movie, it's not a man-eater. It's not a man-eater. It's not a man-eater. There are only two animals in the wild that will hunt people. That is a tiger tiger and a polar bear. It's not a man eater. By they, you're saying it's Walsh who keeps saying this. Walsh keeps saying that. Yeah. Is there anyone else like backing up? No one else cares. Yeah. He's just drunkenly. He's berating everybody. (laughs) My dad's an a hole. I used to work at a zoo. (laughs) (laughs) And and uh, and then at the end of the movie, spoilers. He six the jaguar on Loffler and the final line said about the jaguar is he sure is a man eater when did that change <laughs> when he ate the man but there was like they were hammering home so hard he's not a man eater i thought the well, the I, payoff is that he eats the man but or he wasn't a man he was a monster <gasps> that's that's what i thought Deep. they were i thought they were going to say something like that and i would have rolled my eyes when it happened but it, then it would have gone along the lines of what they kept saying about he's not a man eater but also um earlier on in the movie the jaguar kills prediman is he, he pretty man well that's how you spell it he kills one of one of the military guys but he doesn't eat him he just slashes his throat open oh he hella does that was sick I like yeah, that. It, yeah and so i thought something like that was going to happen when he fought law or when yeah when the jaguar fought loffler <laughs> when the jaguar attacked loffler i thought he was gonna like deal uh, a fatal blow but no he just eats him does he yeah well, i don't I know if that's a fact away. i think they, they just cut out it. i think don't they show a shadow no maybe a shadow white shadow put this back on but but regardless nicholas cage says he sure is a man-eater so like 
what was the point of all the time reinforcing? He's not Matt, a man. There eater. wasn't a point to anything in this. Movie. I know, I know, but that's what this section of the conversation is about. Things that don't make sense. It did bother me, but I think towards the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, it's over. I'm I was good. expecting a, a Return of the King esque. I thought you said he wasn't a man eater, Walsh. Well, you're no man. And then Jaguar eats him. I was expecting something like that because they kept reinforcing he's not a man-eater. He's not a man-eater. I would have rolled my eyes on that scene. I appreciate that that didn't come up. I'm glad they just moved on from that. They didn't move on. They revisited it when he said he sure is a man-eater. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, maybe he's admitting he was wrong. He's learning He's learning humility. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. I sure goofed on that one. <laughs> And then so the Coast Guard comes at the end of the movie. They rescue everybody. And the Coast Guard says... And they're real dicks. <laughs> they were jerks about it. Like, like hey, Walsh, you, uh, you successfully apprehended this fugitive. I hope you can show us your paperwork for these animals. <laughs> and then Famke Jansen steps in and goes, uh, Loeffler destroyed his paperwork. And... and and Nick but she's Cage like, goes, like, but uh, I yeah. sure saw him. And Nick, Nick Cage were, goes, ah, that yep, that's work. what happens. And, and the Coast Guard's like, well, okay. No, <laughs> I, I'm, well, <laughs> that's okay. I'm sure there are copies because you must have filed this with some government agency. We'll look at the copies. Nothing like, no, Tom Green-esque, did you make a copy? <laughs> because yeah. if you did, we could watch the copy. Um, but also, do you need paperwork to have animals from Brazil on a boat? If because, you're getting them from rainforest. Yeah, but the, why does the Coast Guard get to enforce that? They're not rainforest guard. Wow. That was deep what you said just then. I know. But my point is, this is serious. I can see you trying to find something else to talk about. <laughs> but I want to stick to this for a second. I think that the Coast Guard was out of line there. I think that, for all they know... Like, he was going to bring these animals to somewhere completely unconnected to them. Right. Like, what right do they have to be, like... It wasn't like he's, like, bringing them into his apartment and they're like, hey, where's your permits? Like, he's on a boat. Oh, so maybe he was going somewhere not even destined for the United yeah. States. Yeah, like, what right do they have to be getting in his business? Uh, I don't know. He was going to Puerto Rico, right? Isn't I mean, that wasn't that the original destination? For I don't the think memer? that that was confirmed. Oh, it they were going to Mexico. So yeah. the first destination was Puerto Rico to drop off Loeffler and the rest of the military guys, and then the animals were all going to Mexico. That's right. right. Okay. So yeah, that's no, why it pissed right. me off. Is I was like, get out of his business, dude. Like this guy just had to kill like a, a criminal, and you're you're hassling my guy now. Like what mm. the hell? I don't think it's right that they even felt like they needed to come up with like an excuse for it. I think they should have just said, "Hey, get out of here with your rolled up sleeves and your velcro hat." <laughs> Old man in the coast guard. <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah, that didn't occur to me, but you're totally right about that. Okay, cool. I'm glad we all agree. Any other logical inconsistencies? I have something to say if Shanley doesn't, but go ahead. I maybe have one. Okay, let's see. So, we established that Walsh has, you know, he's a familiar with animals. He worked at zoos. He goes and traps Eight. Eight animals. And army mechanic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, 
But they kind of occasionally bring up that fact that he kind of has an unofficial unofficial pet. Jeez. Uh, Einstein. I loved everything with Einstein. Go on. You liked so, it when he ate his food? Senior Frank? <laughs> Go ahead, Shelly. So this parrot just, like, won't leave him alone. And I can't remember what happened. He killed an Aussie man. He killed an Australian who owned the parrot. I don't know why he killed him. But he killed an Australian who owned the parrot. And then... Or he somebody killed an Australian, and then he fed it. Yeah, and then it's been following him ever since. Right. And he said he doesn't have a name. But he jokingly called him Einstein. And so I think that name kind of just stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he is kind of showcasing Einstein's tricks and different responses he has. And one of them is, if he sees a gun, Einstein says, uh, take him out. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there is a point while Loeffler is loose on the ship and while she's, I don't know exactly what he's doing, but he's checking in on the animals, trying to get them all back in their cages. And Einstein comes up and says, take him out, take Take him him out, out, take him out. And then he's like, what are you talking about? My gun's holstered. And it seems like it should have been like, oh, shoot, he's saying I see a gun like Loeffler's, you know, pointing a gun at you or something. Yeah. Was I the only one like that heard that and thought that should have been something, and then Einstein flew away and it wasn't anything? <laughs> yeah, no, you're, yeah. Uh, that's crazy, but I did not remember that the bird talked. He also says meow. I yeah, see, I I you could tell me that the bird said anything yeah. right now, and I wouldn't. Be, oh shit! I must have missed that. <laughs> I did no, not yeah, know that he talked. That's a good catch. I like that. That would have been That's cool because then, then I would Einstein probably hated becomes, this movie if become, I knew that. Einstein kind of becomes a sidekick in that case, but no, he's yeah, <laughs> that didn't resolve. You're um, right. Yeah, that's really upsetting. Yeah, and then afterwards, I think, I don't think uh, Walsh even looked around. I think he put down his gun still, and then walked over and like to the sink and tried filling up a water bowl or something. It was just like, wait, what was that about? <laughs> and then there's wow. no water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was no water. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Movie. So okay. <laughs> this movie's dumb. <laughs> Another logical inconsistency. So, Loeffler. I mean, they don't. Every say time it. we say Loeffler, I want to say Lafleur. I want to say Lafleur. You Lafleur. jumped on it. I, I've, it's been bothering me the entire time this movie's been in my life. I'm just like the Lafleur. Last 36 hours. Peter it drives me crazy. You think like it's in the no same the same movie universe as Dodgeball? Yes. <laughs> He's Peter Lafleur. He kind of <laughs> looks like Vince Vaughn. Kind of. I, I would buy them as brothers. Yeah, you know what? Cousins. I would too. Ah, he's the creepy cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Lafleur. That's very good. He looks more like um, Vincent D'Onofrio. No, the guy who's like the director for Jungle Book and John uh, Favreau. John Favreau. I think, think he looks like a in shape John Favreau. I'll give you that. Hmm. Where were we? <laughs> Shanley was saying more things about logical insist- inconsistencies. Yes. In the water. So this ship needs it requires at least this lean crew of Six five <laughs> five and a half people. And somehow this one person who we don't know if he's had any experience around ships, because it sounds like he was more of like a on the ground kind of guy. Yeah. 
he's able to go through and ruin everything. Yeah. Like, well, efficiently. I think he learns a little bit about the ship from Scuddy, but he destroys the entire water supply off screen. That They don't show that happen. Yeah. <laughs> he destroys the water supply. He gets rid of, was it the one lifeboat? <laughs> oh man i totally forgot about the, the what is it called the lip shit what was the thing <laughs> oh yeah the switch lip te- the, the lip swift shit. lick it was something german i think it was i think it's called lick. the swift lick <laughs> okay no that, yeah, that's when you a sneak a taste of somebody's ice cream swift lick. <laughs> um so whatever the it, it was a stupid boat but um about the water I think that maybe they realized that they don't know how to shut off the water supply to a ship. So they're just like, let's just, we'll just cut to him trying to get water and it's not there. Maybe. And then it won't work. Because I think that was the level of research that went into pretty much everything in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. they were like, you know, do you know how this works? He's like, uh, I don't think so. All right, we'll just cut to that being the case it was oddly unspecific when he goes into the wheelhouse and destroys the the instruments with the butt of a gun you remember that he he snipes out the helmsman and maybe a a soldier or something and he goes in there with the butt of his gun and he's just breaking a screen i don't think that's the only navigational equipment on a massive ship like that well then you see at the same time scuddy's down in the engines and he's realizing that um, direction has changed and he's trying to c- control it and he can't yeah and then they ask him how he knows and he says you spend as much time at sea as i have you just know things or something. no he i think he says i've been at sea for 30 years you crap for brains <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and th- that brings up a whole nother thing i like how everyone gets just the crap talk ringer ringers this like this big strong u.s marshal he's supposed to be like in command of there's a point in the movie where he says as long as loffler is loose you have to obey my rules yeah and but then he everybody... starts threatening to like uh charge Walsh with a mutiny. With muni- oh, I would love to be charged with mutiny. Yeah, you said that. I don't think you would. That sounds That's so cool. Amazing. To have uh, that on your record, what yeah, job would? I'm pretty sure the punishment for that is a keel hauling. And I don't think they still do that, Jim. Oh, dude. What's that? <laughs> on the memer, they definitely do a keel. You don't know what a keel hauling is? No. It's it's when Matt loves to tell everything. So. No, go ahead, Jim. No, 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 you're no, the you one with an anchor tattooed Someone on your arm. Someone tell me. Oh, what if we don't tell her? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate you guys. It's when they haul the keel. <laughs> You've never hauled a keel before? I want a divorce. <laughs> I'm moving out. They say, all right, you're, you know what? You tried to mutiny and we're mad at you, so you better haul the keel all the way back to the mainland. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. You tell her. You, you have an anchor on your arm. So it's when they would punish you. By tying you to, like, uh, a rope that was going underneath the ship. And they use they use this mechanism to, like, scrape the barnacles and stuff off of the bottom. And they would tie a person to it and drag you from the, like, port side of the ship towards the starboard side and back. Underneath the ship so you're held underwater for a really long time and also being dragged against sharp like and barnacles scraped along and stuff. the barnacles and you would often 
either bleed out or drown during it. But if you survived it, then you're less likely to be lipping off. Yeah, it's an old nautical punishment. Uh, Also, lashes. That's maybe maybe it's a good lashing. Maybe I just did like a cute like blink. Maybe. Oh, I get a lashings. Lashings. (laughs) Mr. Turner, you are a liar and you will spend an eternity on my ship. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, (laughs) where I was getting at with this is I like how everybody in the movie gets a turn to just insult Ringer. And even Scuddy. And and then they shoot him in the head. And they shoot him in the head. He's the the butt of the jokes. Yeah. And there's no greater joke than being shot through the head. Yeah, I'm glad. I I didn't feel bad about that even a little bit. I do kind of wish that he ended up, like, being a bad guy. He did shoot the um, lifeboats. Yeah, yeah. It was his, like, Cortez moment. Just, like... So, wait. There were two lifeboats. Loeffler pushed one off. Well, there's only four people on the boat, usually. (laughs) Yeah, but... Okay. (laughs) That's that's one boat for everyone, and then a backup boat with his dad. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's the one boat that gets pushed off. And then there's the inflatable one that's just sitting right there that Ringer shoots Ringer it out. Shoots. And, and Nicolas Cage says, you just had to trap us oh, here. Oh, that was the he best. He, he said it like he'd been like, tra- he's like kept catching him wanting to shoot him. He's like, huh? no, no, don't, don't you, do, don't you do, it. do it. It's like, oh, damn it. You keep oh, catching me. damn it. That was so funny. He just had to trap us here. And then there was, I, the, it, then there was the swift lick. <laughs> Yep, the swift lick. <laughs> and Freed shoots out the swift lick. You know why? Because I need him alive. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. And that's when Swift dies, right? Doesn't he shoot Swift at that point? Who's Swift? You mean Freed? Uh, that, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> Freed. The swift Freed, lick. Yeah. That's what I call the swift lick. He and I go way back. <laughs> I can't remember when Freed died. Yeah, I think he died in the the mexican standoff no he died he's the one who shoots out the swift lick yeah but no one knows how the mexican standoff ends i'm pretty sure that the mexican standoff was after the swift lick was gone no well maybe i think so you might be right okay it was there a part of this movie where and it was probably the scene where they tell us about how many zoos walsh worked at Eight. Does he imply that he, I like to think that he worked at one zoo for like eight years and then like a whole bunch it's of like them a chasing fish. that zoo feeling and it just didn't, it wasn't the yeah. same without Aww. the Admiral. Mm. And so he just like ran through a bunch of zoos, then gave up and then went on and was like, I'm going to make my own poacher. zoo yeah. and then started trapping animals. Anyways, was there Would a Would you see where, a Walsh prequel? No. Me neither. No one. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> but uh, was there a part where he says that he's a bad boy or something along those lines to Dr. Ellen Taylor? He tells her, I make your heart beat or he, something like he that. He says something like that. And then I think he follows it up with something about like him being a bad boy. I think he says, I'm not a good soldier. 
But in like a sexy way. I don't know if that's possible, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, she tells him that he might just be a good man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's wrap this up. I don't know if we have anything else to say other than this. Do you guys have any lines from the movie that you want to bring up? I mean, most of them I think have already come up. Uh, I know I've got, you, I've I know got one in the holster. I've got I've got one. Just one left, because I've brought up most of them. Uh, Frank, I'm scared. That one's a good one. Um, you just had to trap us here. That's a great one. That's a, I have a better one. Oh, and perhaps you should classify this. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready for mine? Sure. Ready. I can't seem to feel my legs. I can't seem to give a crap. <laughs> that's that's when he's about to kill Loeffler. That's my favorite line of the whole movie. I can't seem to give a crap. Anyone? You guys? That did nothing for me. Did nothing for you? I think we should create a new segment in this show where we choose the best line of the movie. Best we definitely line? should. I think going forward that should for sure be. Best line in Russell Madness? Family is a verb. The problem Family is, is a verb. <laughs> the problem is, is that that's going to encourage us to not talk about that until we get to the part where we announce it. Well, we'll just have to exercise self-control. But it might be so hard for me or other people or me <laughs> to do that. <laughs> well, then let's... let's we what, can try it. We'll, we'll, we'll try. see what happens. What's you, what do you guys think is the best line of the movie? I mean, I think probably that one was a winner. Which one? Yours um, can't seem to give a crap. <laughs> That's very good. I think also so much of it isn't in the line itself, but in, in the, the delivery. delivery. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I remember hearing it, and it was such a, like, eye-roll cringe, like, uh, you really just said that. Okay. That's a good one. I really loved just the delivery of, you just had to wreck the lifeboats. (laughs) That's not what he says. (laughs) It was the essence of it, and it was hilarious. I remember laughing out loud at that. You just had to trap us here. Well, the way he says it is like so like a couple that's like <laughs> disagreed on something and just found out that the person did it anyways. Like that's like the yeah. vibe and it was the best. I loved that a hundred percent. For me, it's I can't seem to give a crap. I like that line a lot. But uh, Frank, I'm scared is really good too. That was he, really Again in the delivery, but also very Frank, good. I'm scared was very good. Dude, it was can't... good because it was like we didn't know yet, like how this movie was gonna go. It was kind of the first like part where our yeah, but the scene starts. Our main to show character in was in conflict, and the like child on the ship is like there, and the jaguar is on the loose, and it's like, dude, like there's two dangerous like entities in this room not even counting the monkeys yeah well they weren't there they were in the kitchen um <laughs> feeding but... on the flesh of the chef. <laughs> eating the corpse of Luis guzman um <laughs> but you know that's what his passion was he fed people yes he did um, that in death yeah only with he... monkeys um but i love that in that scene we're watching that and it's like dude i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know there's the jaguar's a wild card lafleur is a wild card Nicholas Cage is a wild card. Like, what's going on? How are and we then, feeling? How are the characters feeling? Frank, I'm scared. 
It's just like, and I feel like it almost looked like a bad SNL host, like clearly reading, reading a cue the card. Cue card. Yeah. Like that's what it, it seemed like. He was like line, like right before that. It was so good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll cast in my vote for Frank. I'm scared. Yep, I'm changing to that one as well. It was very good, but I I have to stick with just the. It was the like, I know a shortcut, and then you end up being super late to a party, and your wife says like, you just had to try your shortcut. Like <laughs> that was the delivery. Yeah. Was. Of and it was so I just it was charming. I loved Got it. it. Plus, it was a burn on the character that I hated the most, Ringer. So you hated Ringer the most. I want. I was happy when he died. That was the moment that I decided I liked the movie. Oh my gosh. We forgot to mention. We got knife fight number two for the for the weekly watch wheel. Knife fight do We got a knife fight between Walsh and Loeffler. It's number two since Gage versus Judd. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Didn't we also try to match Gage up with somebody in the movie? Was uh, it the monkey? <laughs> no, we matched Gage. We said Gage versus some other child on an American football field. I don't was, think it was from this movie. Was that during Highlander or something? I or maybe we were. Oh, it's when we were watching it. Uh, that that yeah, was not for was. Weekly Watch Wheel, but we were saying Georgie possessed yep. by <laughs> by Pennywise versus Gage. Okay, so that's not, that's neither here nor there. Yes. But it's. I mean, the answer is Gage. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we got our second knife fight, so that's important to recognize. Got some continuity there. Have we rung this out completely? Should we go to our rankings? I think it's time for them rankings. Shanley, why don't you hit us with your rankings? All right. Um. So for me, Primal is kind of like high middle. Okay. Um. It's underneath Brokeback Mountain, but it's above Steel. Gotcha. And then below Steel are the other two Ghost Riders on my list. So, do you have your list numbered? Where does that where does um, that leave? Primal? They're not oh, numbered. Sh- they're just I gotta get my list listed. Organized. Okay. But I can number them. I didn't realize how seriously y'all were taking this. Oh, oh I've it's been, serious. Yeah. This is our life. This I is just kind of wing it every week. We noticed because every week <laughs> I I have a reaction to the film. And then by next week, yeah, it changes. Like, I, I think I hate Steel, especially after the third time watching it and the second time podcasting it. And here I am kind of missing there. it. I'm like, oh, I miss you know, Steel. I had that was a, fun. I had a similar reaction with Russell Madness. I, I currently have Russell Madness third to the bottom. I heard to- you watching it at like 3 a.m. last night. I wasn't watching Russell Madness at 3 a.m. Were you last reenacting night? it in your sleep? Because I was hearing dialogue. How dare I you? I heard no. what happens on the road stays on the road. What? You were saying it. Someone was. You're crazy. I heard a gravelly capuchin voice saying in, in the dulcet tones of Will Sasso. No, I was going to say I did play it today. But it's when you guys left and I was leaving and I was leaving our dog Dink in the house, <laughs> I put on Russell Madness. Dude, movie. we've put that on for him <laughs> twice now to watch alone. So, That's hilarious. But the point, you, you you make a good point there, Jimmy. I think that but you have an initial response to the movie that we just watched and then there's kind of a fluidity to it. Um, and maybe I should make my list a little bit more dynamic in that sense. 
because from week to week, all I do to my list is just add the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe I should move it around a little bit. I think Russell Madness might be a little bit too low now. Uh, Jimmy, are you? Are, is your rankings ready? I mean, I can you know just wing it like usual. Okay. Um. So this movie is bad, but I would rather watch this movie than several better films on our list. Okay. Um. I would say this is pretty much we're getting to the point where there's enough movies for things to just kind of live somewhere in the middle. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I would say this is definitely in the middle. It pretty much is right about the middle. It's more entertaining than better movies. It is less good than like other movies that are stupid, but more fun because they're stupid. Right. Yeah. I would say that I could definitely put this, you know where this lives? This lives pretty close to Pet Cemetery. Does I it? think Pet Cemetery has more standout memories for me, but I know that Pet Cemetery also dragged on a little bit more. Okay. So I think they're pretty much neck and neck with each other. This is this is a good companion on the charts for for Pet Cemetery. Would you say that Primal is a hair ahead of Pet Cemetery? It sure would. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, what you got, Matt? I have Primal pretty high up my list. I have it. We've watched twelve movies so far, which is Woo. impressive. That is mind-boggling. I have Primal as number four. So at the top of my list, I've got Spirit of Vengeance, then Batman and Robin, Jaws the Revenge, and then Primal. So I have it pretty high up there. Uh, I really relate to what you said, Jimmy, that uh, I'd be more apt to watching this on a movie night than better films because I don't have to be at all emotionally invested in it. Like I think I like Ford v. Ferrari more than this movie. But there's just so much investment and attention that needs to be paid to that movie. I'd rather kick Primal on while I'm cooking or something like that. I will say, uh, I think that you'll agree with me here. I I would say that this movie will not endure as well as some other films. I think that there's like worse movies like Steel or Russell Mania. Madness. <laughs> that like I hated parts of those I hated most of them but because of how bad they are it'll be more funny and more entertaining to re-watch those I think I think that this film is just unremarkable enough to kind of be forgotten long term yeah I hear that so I think it is it was funny and it might come back up sometime but yeah, it it didn't have as many standout moments that are going to make it like something I want. Like, I won't remember why I would want to watch this again. I see. You feel me? I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I think the maybe maybe a reason why I feel so much more positively about this movie than you do, Jimmy, is because I had a similar experience watching this movie as I did with Jaws: The Revenge. I felt like it pulled me up out of a rut. You remember pre- preceding Jaws: The Revenge, we watched. Song of the South just before that, and then Brokeback Mountain the time Song before that. Song of the that. South was amazing. And then we we watched Ford v. Ferrari before that. So it was like three weeks of sadness, and I feel like I had a repeat of that again 
these the three weeks preceding primal and uh i was just i wow i how dare you i can't believe what i'm hearing shanley are you hearing what i'm hearing he just compared let's let's do a quick recap here matt just compared the triple feature of song of the south ford v ferrari and and brokeback mountain brokeback mountain he just said that those movies were a similar <laughs> viewing experience to Steel. No, no, no. Russell Madness. Russell Madness. And Highlander. And Highlander 2. Matt's saying that those two lists of movies equal experiences. They made me feel equally unsatisfied with the use of our movie night. Yes. That correct. is insane. No, you know what? I, I, I that that it that is an over that's an exaggeration they didn't make me feel equal to each other but they did it was a reminiscent experience whereas like week after week i'm watching a movie that leaves me not feeling like i had fun on movie night but rather just being like that sucked <laughs> you know Ford v. ferrari was great brokeback mountain was tough it destroyed us i had, we, i mean i love we it. had existential <laughs> that was not his name that's not how you pronounce jack nasty <laughs> If it, there's not like a parody film starring Anus Delmar and Jack Nasty, then I'll you eat my up. own foot. It's gonna be my thing now. It's the second time I said that this episode. That's your catchphrase. Yeah. Catchphrase. You all know it. I'll do what? Eat, eat your own, own foot. Movie. That is very on brand for you. <laughs> Alright, well I I think that uh you know we we got where we needed to go there. All right. Well, I'm excited for this time. You don't. What time is off. it? It's spin time. It's whose spin time? My spin time. Shanley spin time. Look at this great sound engineering. <laughs> Your phone only makes noises when we don't want it to. <laughs> it wasn't working because I had silenced it so efficiently. Oh, oh man, I am very. Where are you going? Getting the wheel. What, are you hoping for anything in particular, Jimmy? Yeah. What do you want? I want Movie Jar. Oh, that would be great. We, I know we talked about adding more Movie Jar spaces. I like that idea. I think we should add it at least two more times. We should. You should do that right now. But if you, so it, it puts them on. I, I don't know how to get rid of it. Just uh, go, go open up screen. text messages, and just start reading. <laughs> Uh, press the home button and then um, it's in one of my files. I think it's under like games or something. Go to Chrome and then history. You <laughs> seem like a Safari user. I do have Safari on my Do you iPhone. use Safari or do you use Chrome? I use Safari on my iPhone. You weirdo. Okay. I knew you would. If I want to add Chrome for life, son. There's the settings gear. Okay. Why, are, why is this happening? Then uh, I think Bad. you got it. Yep. So you want movie jar. I I want something that has not come up yet. We've we've added quite a few things over the last few weeks and still we kept getting repeats. So I, I want something new. Uh there's a Razzie's award winner on there. I think I'd like that. That would be fun. I think that'll be fun for you to spin it. Why? I don't think Shanley will enjoy spinning that. I want my wife to be happy and I think that she will get more joy out of the movie jar than most of the other categories. Okay. 
Okay, so I added two more movie jars. Do you want a Razzie? Uh, Razzie's already in there. No, he's so, not saying to add that. He's saying it's on there. Oh. So, so in order to save it, you have to hit like the back button in the top left corner, and then it'll give you the option to save. Mm. So that's why it hasn't saved in the past. It's, it's weird, right? A little bit. Okay. Okay. Ready for that spin? I am so ready. Ready, guys? Spin that wheel. <laughs> oh, man. So this is a new category. Yes. Has not been All right. Oh, I'm category. so excited. Oh, my God. Is it? I really hope it's someone's recommendation. It is, is someone's recommendation. Ah. Ariel? It is Ariel's choice. Wow. Ariel's choice. Earl. Big Earl dog. So Ariel's a good friend of ours from childhood. How long have you known Ariel, Shanley? Young Earl. Um, Since high school. So... We met. How long is that, Shanley? We met freshman year of high school, so that was. How old were you? I can't. What year remember. have you been born? Four. How many years is that? Sixteen. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Holy moly! So you know, seventeen years. How long have you known Ariel, Jimmy? Seventeen years. I have known Ariel. Twenty-six, twenty-seven years. Holy smokes. Yep. Ariel is our great friend. She's British. But don't hold that against her. But she was formerly a chola. <laughs> she was. And she is currently a uh, Lululemon. A very, yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> our, she's our white friend. Oh, man. She likes to hang out with people, slack lining. She likes to wear North Face. She owns a Labrador. Her family does. She probably has Birkenstocks. I bet you that she sees a Labrador or a Golden Retriever every week. I bet she likes pumpkin spice lattes. Well, so Ariel, I'm concerned about this. It's going to be bad. Honestly, I'm like, Shanley, you can't give her any restrictions. Did you already ask her? Not yet, no. (laughs) I told her that we were adding her to the wheel, so there was a chance... She's already building stuff. Yeah. Are you going to ask her for five or more recommendations and then just choose from them? Is that how this goes? Yeah. Yeah, because Shanley's still the spinner. Mm-hmm. But Oh, no, but I'm, I mean, are you going to give her like a number or we just say, hey, recommend some movies and see what comes up? I think I want to say at least five. That's the Shanley, the Shanley yeah. model. I will, I guarantee you, Midnight Meat Train will be one of them. <laughs> what is that? I think one night we were at Shanley's house, maybe in high school yep. or shortly after, and me and Shanley and Ariel were hanging out and we just put on like Shanley's TV to have background noise and it was this terrible horror film <laughs> called Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> Jeez. And it was like an overweight man in a trench coat. Who just like took the train and then killed people on it or something. So Ariel And we watched like fifteen minutes of it and then we swore that we were gonna watch it someday and We did watch it. I don't remember that. I watched it. I I think she I know she liked Twilight when we were in college and I think she likes the Bridget Jones movies. But maybe that's just because she's British. I don't know if she really Yeah, I don't does. think she does. I think it's going to be a horror-heavy recommendation. Really? I'm 
predicting she's going to Lifetime. go horror, but yes, she likes Lifetime, and then she likes um, sci-fi movies, but like really? sci-fi channel movies. Oh, oh okay. Weird. So I'm excited. Ariel for loves TV, so if it's a movie that's mostly on regular oh. cable. So like uh, ABC Family stuff, like a, like a Christmas movie. If it's something oh, that yeah. she could find while scrolling through television channels, that's weird. Then we might Why does that. she do that? How old is she? <laughs> <laughs> Ariel is simultaneously a child and also the oldest woman ever. <laughs> she's the oldest of us and the youngest of us. I have. She's she's maybe the only person I know who in our. 20s has been like hey um i need to go to the candy store and then been <laughs> every like, time we see yeah, her she's like oh hey there's a really good candy store like 20 miles from here so am i going alone or are we all going <laughs> at the beginning of covid she wrote an email to the sweet factory in the mall near her asking what they're doing with the candy <laughs> that, that was that was in the store when they had to close down. <laughs> That's awesome. She was Ron Swansoning it. Yeah. What happened to the meat that was in there when they closed? <laughs> okay, well then let, let's tie up this episode. We'll catch everyone next week on movie night right here on the weekly watch wheel where we'll watch an aerial recommendation movie. Is it Ariel's choice or Ariel's recommendation? On the wheel, it's Ariel's choice. All right, cool. Peace. What? I don't like that as our ending. What? Peace. He signed off. He did it. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Weekly Watch Wheel. If you had as good a time as we did, be sure to subscribe. Tell a friend about us. Maybe even leave us a review. Hit us up on Twitter at WKLY Watchwheel or via email at weeklywatchwheel at gmail.com. Peace. It's the Weekly Watchwheel. Dude, can you make sure that we edit out anything that's going to have any of my friends or family not like me anymore? I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. I take those kinds of things into consideration. Do you? Because I think you also like getting me in trouble. (laughs) I don't like getting you in trouble. You definitely like getting me in trouble. When do I like getting you in trouble? When don't you? I never like... If you get in trouble, I get in trouble. That's always been the case. That's been the nature of your and my friendship since its inception. You love going around people who have a little bit of authority in my life and going, Hey, Jimmy, what were you just saying about this? (laughs) You've never (laughs) done that. You've done several things like that. Maybe around your dad. Yeah. And my mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's pretty much, other than my wife, who you've probably also done that around, that's the three people whose opinions I care about.